Hi everyone, this is Haley from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Arthur Federowski, an associate professor at Lund University and a fellow of the European Society of Cardiology. With over 100 publications and authorship in three books, Dr. Federowski has extensive experience in cardiology and cardiovascular medicine. We're also joined by Eric Altena, Managing Director of Finipress Medical Systems. They'll be discussing the diagnostic and management challenges associated with syncope. Let's get started. So our first question is for you. Can we say that the variability of systolic blood pressure characterizes autonomic regulation of contractile function of the heart? Yes, to some extent. We have to uh, remember that it's maintained by heart uh, uh, contractile power and by cardiac feeling. So the heart is controlled by autonomic nervous system. Uh, Its contractility is uh, controlled by sympathetic part, sympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system by adrenergic part. But there is another important component in heart contractility. So this is cardiac feeling. So the heart cannot pump uh, blood that is not there. So there must be properly functioning venous return to fill the heart ventricles so that heart can pump the blood out of its ventricles. So we can say that variability of systolic blood pressure characterizes the autonomic regulation of contractile function of the heart and the control of uh, the vascular tone as well. That's great. Thank you. Arthur, bearing in mind COVID-19 for infection control, how can patients safely perform the Valsalva maneuver? Oh, this is this is a very good question. Actually, uh, current, especially currently, very important. So, in our lab, we do not recommend uh, patients come if they feel any signs of infection. Of course, they are not they are not allowed to come for investigation to our lab. Then, uh, for Valsalva maneuver, we use uh, single use mouthpiece. So our measures are uh, those who are usually applied in the, in the, the whole healthcare system. There is nothing special than just the uh, common sense measures. I don't know what Eric would say about it. Yes, yes, of course. We have, uh, actually, I agree. It's a very good question. We receive these questions a lot lately because in our guided autonomic testing application, Fasalva is one of the maneuvers. What we do, we deliver a disposable mouthpiece. So, you know, just one single use, and then you connect a new mouthpiece. And so there, in that way, we, we reduce the risk of COVID-19 infection. Yeah, and of course, I completely agree, when you feel sick, uh, stay at home. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Arthur, do you use press systems alone or do you measure brachial blood pressure in addition? Actually, in the lab, in the cardiovascular autonomic lab, we don't, we don't use anything else because the FINAPRESS unit has a built-in brachial measurement system, which is used for calibration of device just before you start your measurement. So we feel pretty confident with this system. We don't need another system at our lab. We have the brachial device as well, just in case. We don't use it actually at all. But brachial measurement systems are instead recommended for continu- not continuous, but interval measurements 
uh, of ambulatory character, 24 hour ambulatory blood pressure monitoring, then you use the brachial system instead. But for uh, the cardiovascular economic lab, the FINAPRES system is uh, completely sufficient. That's good to know. Eric, did you want to touch on, on anything here? Yeah, I, I think Arthur already answered the question very sufficient. But what what is important to understand about the Finapres Nova? We offer at the Finapres Nova uh, a brachial calibration. So then you see on the screen, on the monitor, you see actually the beat to beat brachial brute pressure real time. So so there is a brachial calibration option in the Nova. Great, Arthur. Does the active stand test provide different information than the head up tilt test? Oh, yes, of course. Of course, the active standing test is the physiological process. This is a physiological one. And you are uh, usually using your muscle pump to keep you standing upright and to compensate for the blood pressure for, for the volume shift downwards in your body when you're standing. So this is more physiological, but uh, it, it cannot be standardized. Um, some people cannot stand for such a long time as uh, if they were standing on a uh, uh, head-up tilt table. Then, uh, on the other hand, if you want to catch the initial so-called rapid orthostatic hypotension, as we demonstrated in one of our in our in our slides, then you have to use active standing. The changes are so uh, fast that you need bit-to-bit blood pressure monitor and active standing to catch it when it happens. And the duration of the process is about 15, uh, 20, 30 seconds. So if you don't use active standing and bit-to-bit uh, blood pressure monitoring, you cannot catch the initial autostatic hypotension. Uh, and again, head-up tilt testing is ideal for long-term uh, orthostatic challenge. Some people cannot stand for 20, 30 minutes, but you can easily do it while lying or standing on head-up tilt test. Then on the head-up tilt test, you can make people faint. You cannot make them faint while standing because they usually they they fall down or they try to protect themselves where they feel about to faint. I I hope that I answered the question. On this note, actually, my the next question was how dangerous is tilt testing, and is there a patient group in which head-up tilt test should not be used? It's not very dangerous. We have had a few cases of tilt test in, uh, invoked uh, atrial fibrillation. These patients had it before, so it was just another procedure triggering atrial fibrillation, which was known. We have never had any serious accident in our lab. However, if you are pregnant, then probably we should not advise it in the, in the first case. Then uh, if you are too young, in the age younger than 10, 8 years, we would not advise to do it. This is not very diagnostic. Uh, then to some degree, we want the patient to collaborate. The patient that cannot collaborate because of dementia and other uh, these affecting the central nervous system, I would not advise it here either, but we may perform the test despite these uh, circumstances because the information you can get through the test is so valuable that the uh, exclusion criteria are very few, actually. This is, this is not at all dangerous. This is good even if you faint, even if you demonstrate the cardiac arrest. I just showed you a diagram of a man who presented with cardiac arrest of 63 seconds. Of course, we might we may have uh, implanted uh, a loop recorder and wait until he would faint for the next next time. Maybe he would uh, suffer skull trauma or be even more traumatized 
In this case, we performed the test at our lab. He fainted. It was very dramatic and the staff was shocked and the patient was shocked. I was not shocked. I've seen it before. So we decided on uh, pacemaker and everybody was happy. Okay, good. And again, actually kind of carrying on, is there a place for a pacemaker in treatment with recurrent hypotension and bradycardia after initial investigation? Oh, this is, this is a really good question and uh, a source of a great debate among uh, syncopy experts. Actually, the recent findings from different studies such as Spain, Biosync and Issue 3 demonstrated that even if you develop hypotension during vasovagal reflex, if the bradycardia is the real cause of loss of consciousness, then by pacing, you may avoid loss of consciousness you may feel dizzy, you may not feel well, you may feel affected for a while, but in the end, you will not faint, you will not lose control of your body, you will not uh, damage yourself. So yes, there is a place for pacemaker. And in our experience, according to different studies, 15 to 20% of patients who are paced against bradycardia during bicephalal syncope, even if they are paced, 15 20% of patients may still experience another fading episode. And this is due to profound hypotension that we cannot deal with yet. Okay, it's interesting. Eric, how can I be informed about new applications and software modules from Finipred? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, you can of course look at our website where we inform where we inform everybody about the applications and the software modules. We also communicate very often via our LinkedIn and uh, Twitter Twitter accounts. Normally, when we are able to travel, then we go to international conferences. And of course, you can also contact us directly or contact our distributors by email or telephone. We are happy to help you with all your questions. Perfect, thank you. Arthur, back to you. When do you take action if you provoke asystole? I, I knew someone would ask this question. This is very tricky. Uh, actually, this is uh, this is just a reflex and reflex, you know, you start, it starts at one point and it comes back to the baseline after a while. This is exactly the same with reflexing copy with asystole. It starts at one point and there is this uh, period of asystole and it, it, you may see the jacking movements. It looks very dramatic and you, it looks like the, the, the person in question is just about to die. And then uh, it just breathes in a few times and then wakes up. So it is because the asystole may have different duration. And I showed you an example of a very prolonged duration of asystole of 63 seconds. We had another case a few weeks ago, 83 seconds actually. This is very long. And of course, such a long uh, asystole may produce profound uh, hyperperfusion in the brain. Usually, we decide on uh, cardiac massage when the asystole exceeds 30 or 45 seconds. Then we try to start uh, cardiac uh, resuscitation, heart and lung resuscitation, of course. So in, in some cases, you, you, you want to wait a little bit and see, and usually you see the uh, uh, QRS complexes on your screen after a while, and then you feel uh, safe. I know, and I, I, know, I know it sounds dramatic, but this is, this is the real life, and uh, they always come back. All people with reflex and copy, they always come back. It may be very dramatic, uh, and usually we will not allow them to 
stay unconscious and without circulation for more than one minute. Okay, that's good. Okay, in the interest of time, I'm gonna make this question our last one. What would you consider the essential equipment needed to build an autonomic laboratory? And are there other non-tilt tests that might be important to conduct it as well? So in the first place, good training, good knowledge, and your brain open minus. So you have to combine all these elements into one good workup, and we try to make it into a sort of algorithm, a sort of basic autonomic testing in the current guidelines that I uh, would recommend. Then in our place, we use motorized table, which we can lift and then make it fall down quicker if it's needed. Then we use a good bit-to-bit uh, -bit non-invasive hemodynamic monitor. Uh, there, there are only a few manufacturers in the, in the market now, and you should buy a good one, reliable one, with the possibility of offline analysis after the test. So you need good software to reanalyze the course of events as what's happening during the test may go really, really fast. So you can analyze it on, on uh, live. And then in our case, we added cerebral saturation monitor as an important part of diagnostic workup. But tilt table and good uh, non-invasive bit-to-bit monitor are the, the basic parts. And then, of course, different elements like valsalva, like deep breathing. It depends on instruction given to the patient. So you should get good training as well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you will tune into future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.